Psalm number 19. The, the message tonight is uh, just a simple thought on the power of obedience. <clears throat> the power of obedience. And all of us would like to have uh, power in our life. We'd like to see rewards and miracles. Was that right? How many would like to see God do great things in your life? And I think all of us would. In, in a great way, though, we all want we all want good blessings and great things. But many of us have a problem how to obtain those blessings. And God makes it very, very simple, although difficult sometimes. But obeying the Lord is the key to the blessings of God. He doesn't care what race we are. Is that right? You believe that? Listen, there's enough to say about that these days, isn't there? Boy, if you have a problem with race, you've got a real problem. God has no problem with race, does he? He has no respect what country you come from. He has no respect about where you were born. He has no respect at all. He doesn't, he, racism, uh, if, if you would boil it down to hatred for just any kind of race, that, that's, that's foreign to God's heart. He has no idea what you're talking about. Uh, so it's not, it's not the race that we are. It doesn't matter what race you are. How many understand it doesn't matter uh, God will bless you if you're poor or he'll bless you even if you're rich. You know, there's a lot of rich people that have found the, the secret to blessings. It's that they're using their wealth for the Lord, right? Well, I think, seem to remember Job in the Bible, right? Richer than any man. In the east, right? Wealthy. I remember Abraham, very rich. Uh, David, very rich, right? So it's not, it's not whether or not you're rich or not. How, how many understand it's, it, you don't have to be poor to be blessed either, right? It's, it doesn't matter if you're poor or rich. It doesn't matter what race you are. What I'm getting at, God's looking for something that you and I all can do. And that is the secret to the blessings of God is just mere simple obedience. If he can just find somebody that would be uh, surrendered to his will to obey him. And that's really, really a difficult, a difficult thing for people to uh, comprehend nowadays. Is that, well, I have my will and then God has his will. The secret to the blessings is actually just doing his will. How many have ever had to make a few sacrifices along the way? You maybe thought you knew better, but when God got a hold of you and showed you that you, you really didn't know the best, He did. And His way is better than your way, right? Look at this now. It says Psalm 19. Let's pray, Father, help us to get this down. Lord, help us all to be more obedient Christians. Help us to find things and just absolutely just do them without any... Uh, argument, Lord, without any back talk, just simple obedience. We pray that you'll help us, even after we obey, if you'd like to show us what it's all about. But help us to obey first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse number 1, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork, day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. 
Their line has gone out through the, all the earth and their words unto the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from end of heaven, his circuit unto the ends of it. There's nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his, his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent of the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. If it was just that one psalm, we would have enough ammunition to convince ourselves that we ought to obey God. Without question. You know, whatever God says is what we ought to have as our goal. Whatever He says. Listen, we've got to stop trying to figure out why God said it, what's He doing, why He's, why he's doing this and that. We don't need to know all the time. And I, I want to take you back to my military history and some of the guys that may not have been in the military. Let me just warn you about that. Nowadays, according to David's friend that you brought to church, David, who was a drill instructor in the army, they, he told us after everybody had left on Wednesday night, he, he was relating uh, the uh, little bit about how, what he went through. And when he was in, uh, as a drill instructor, they had this little card that the recruits in boot camp could carry around with them when, when they were stressed. And they'd gone, they'd gone far enough. They pulled the card out, handed it to the drill instructor, and they got a timeout. They said, I'm stressed. I can't take any more right now. Here. And that drill instructor had to say, why, yes. Okay, there's your safe room right over there. You go and clear your head and have a good time, have a cup of coffee, take a nap, Whatever. How many understand that is not the way to run an army? You know what they need? They need obedience. Amen? You say, well, I just, I just, listen, God, God knows we're emotional people. God knows we have stress. By the way, sometimes stress might be a little good for you. Get your heart pumping faster. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying all stress is good, and I'm not saying all stress is bad. Amen. Some of the greatest heroes showed their true colors when they were under stress. But all it took was just strictly 
automatic obedience to the Lord's command. And that's the way things are supposed to be done. How many have ever known that sometimes you, you knew God's will, but you didn't understand it? What do we do when we don't understand God's will? We just, by faith, we obey the word of God, right? Simple obedience is the key to the blessings. The Bible says, by all these, the law, the testimony, the statutes, the commandments, the, uh, the, the fear, the judgments, all those listed in Psalm 19, if we do those, there's great reward in those. So if God has a statute, follow it. God has a commandment, keep it. If God has a rule, he has a conviction, he has, whatever, he has a judgment, he has a law, uh, any, any of these. And, and, and there's great reward. Verse 11 says, Moreover by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Boy, that's true. That is so true. The secret to the extreme joy of a Christian's life is not necessarily education or understanding it's not, it's not race or it's, it's not financial standing. None of these uh, ensure you the blessings of God. But what does ensure you the blessings of God is just obedience. Now, we, we're scared of that word, aren't we? All right, we're scared to say amen tonight, aren't we? <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Please, don't be stressed. Give me your card. All right. No. Uh, give me a stress card. I, I'm sorry. I, I preached. Uh, it's a stressful thing to hear my preaching. I understand. All right, but you're in a safe spot. <laughs> you're, you're, in a, you're in a good room. All right. Look at Joshua. Joshua. The book of Joshua. Right before Judges. Here's a young man. He did not know what was coming his way. But in Joshua chapter 1. Uh, and it says, verse number five, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. He was telling Joshua, be courageous, don't give up, be very courageous, be of a good courage. Of verse 7, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses thy servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And then, I love this verse, don't you? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That's obedience. For in them thou shalt make thy way, what? Prosperous. How many like to prosper? Anybody want to prosper? All right. And then thou shalt have good success. How would you like to be successful? And prosperous. Of course. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know what God was trying to say to Joshua? You just hang on and obey and I'll take care of all the rest. Don't we tell our children, you don't understand yet, but you will. Amen? Is that true? 
How many, how many others say it's true? Not just one woman in here. It's true, isn't it? You know, my dad was like that. Oh, he was famous for saying, you'll find out later. But right now, I just need you to do what I tell you. Right? It's true. Especially when, when my dad was trying to drive, uh, teach me how to drive a, a stick shift. <laughs> that was rough. But I, I learned, and I didn't wreck the car. And there's a lot that I needed to know, but I didn't need to know all of it right away. So what God wants is just obedience. Now, let's go to Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter number four. What Christians need is just some simple, wonderful, clear, easy surrender, uh, just, just uh, obedience, submission, Lord, whatever you want. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing of asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the, the Bible has enough to take care of us. God gave us this book. He said this book of the law. And observe everything. Remember Jesus said before he uh, went into heaven. He said, now go ye into all nations and uh, baptize them. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. The, the word command, the word observance. When we observe his commands, if we, if we act upon what he said, simple action on what God said, simple obedience on what he said is the key to life. There's so many Christians. If I believe this, if every Christian in Whatcom County would just obey God, we would have revival right here in this county, wouldn't we? What would, what would happen, do you think, if all of us collectively would just have a, a real concentrated obedience to the Lord's commands just in our church? How many, you probably have a little room to obey God just maybe a little bit more than, than we do. How many, you know, you know somebody in your family that needs to, they have more room than you do. No, we all have a lot of room, don't we? I'm trying to get my husband to answer the Holy Spirit. He won't answer the Holy Spirit. I'm supposed to, I, I want him to do what the Holy Spirit says, but he won't listen. <laughs> hey, it works both ways too, right? <laughs> it works both ways. We all just need to listen to God and do what he says. Amen. How many understand it's a good thing to be in church? It's a good thing. How many understand it's a good thing to be a testimony? And these are just basic little things that God wants us to do. Has you, have you all been baptized? Uh, I'll, I'll, you don't have to answer that. But if, you, if there's anybody here that's never been scripturally baptized, you know what God is? He, he's just waiting for you to take that first step of obedience to the Lord's command. That's it. Why do we get baptized? Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you what, to this day, I've been preaching for over 45 years. I still don't under the, understand the full intent of baptism. I'm not God. But I remember the day I got baptized. You know what happened? It was great. I asked uh, Pastor Reeves, I said, what, what, what is this about being baptized? I'd never been baptized. I tried to get baptized once. But the preacher in Renton was so busy and I, I was such a bother to him that he was so interrupted in his daily routine that he, he, 
He acted like I was bothering him to, to talk about baptism. So I'm really glad I didn't get baptized in that church. You know why? Because I found out later it's really not the place I should have been baptized. So anyway, I got into a good old-fashioned church, and the, the Bible was being preached. Everybody was amening, and uh, the doctrine was right. Salvation was right. And then my buddy Dean and I, we decided we'd get baptized, but we'd never been baptized. So all three of us, his girlfriend and me and Dean, we all got baptized on the same Wednesday night. And uh, we had to wear a robe and everything and <clears throat> got down into that water. And, and uh, we, uh, we, we thank God it was warm. I, I don't know what was in the water, but it looked clear. That's why if we ever have a baptism, it's clean water. Amen. Lots of chlorine. I put, I put bleach in there, buddy. Anyway, not too much to cause trouble, but you, know, you don't, you don't have, hey, you, didn't you used to be a brunette? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> wow. No, it's, 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 it's not that much bleach, but I think you ought to be clean. Amen. We baptized over 200 people one day at Lighthouse Baptist Church. And one day we baptized over 200 people. Scary. Scary. You talk about virus. <laughs> Buddy. God was with us. Amen. But it was just a simple act of obedience. That's what we all do. We don't need to know everything. We just need to do what God says. It's fun. Uh, you know, I don't understand it all. I, I just know that uh, Jesus walked almost 20 miles to get baptized, right? And so when John the Baptist was going to baptize him, he didn't feel worthy. He said, I, I can't do this. Jesus said, oh, yes, it, it, you have to do this. It fulfills all righteousness. And uh, he suffered him to, to baptize, be baptized. Jesus wanted John the Baptist to baptize him. It's amazing. And I'm jealous as can be. I'm not jealous about how John the Baptist, you know, ended up. He lost his mind over the, uh, <laughs> over, he, he was beheaded, by the way. And by the way, it's a command to read the Bible, too. How many understand you've got too much, too much media in your life? And it's okay to say amen. You got too much. It's going to scramble our brains. It's really difficult. You can actually get addicted to texting. Um, we should be addicted to tracting. Uh, one lady says, I saw your tract. Most people just call it a track. But she was really, <coughs> really wanting me to hear that last T. I, I took your tract. And I said, I'm glad you did that, man. But, you know, uh, so we made a joke about that. We're going to pass out tracts and, uh, and texting, texting. I don't care what you do, but you can do too much of it. Uh, what we need to do is spend more time in the Bible. You know, the, Jesus said that the cares of this world would choke the word just like somebody would choke the air off of, of somebody being strangled, just choke the word. It's almost like your garden hose and you just bend it 
until there's a trickle coming out. He said, the cares of this world choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Now, you might say, well, I've read the Bible a lot, but nothing happens after I read it. Well, let me, let me just explain. If you spend time in the Bible and read the Bible, you, you, you need to go over things that you already know because how many understand we all forget, right? We're supposed to daily search the Scriptures like they did in the, in the New Testament, the, the, the noble ones. They, they, the Bereans, they search the Scriptures daily. That's, that's really the Christian life. We're supposed to do that. And it's very convicting to know that some Christians go long stretches of time without reading the Bible. But it's a command. It's this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. These are simple things, but the hard part is to just obey them. Um, we need to obey God. What, whatever the key is, start out simple and, and work on just simple obedience. Now, there's some clear examples of disobedience in the Bible. Would you turn with me to 1 Samuel 15? <clears throat> These are out and out, absolute, deliberate disobedience to the Bible. How many have compassion on your children? They may have disobeyed you, but they really didn't realize what they were doing, the full extent of it. Can you look back and see maybe your kids maybe didn't do exactly what they were told? Yes. Um, do, you, do you remember how compassionate you were and how much, how much patience you had with your children? You did, didn't you? My dad did. My mom did. They, 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 in, their, in their feeble way, they had a lot of patience with me. Oh, my goodness. I can hear, even to this day, my mom crying herself to sleep because I was such a knucklehead. I mean to tell you, I was a mischievous little brat. In, in a nice way. But I grew up in a trailer park. You know what happens when a dirt clod hits a trailer? It makes a loud noise and nobody knows where it came from because there's so many trailers parked it, it, you know, one by one. So you're going to hit a trailer and you're going to make somebody mad but you're never going to get caught. And the problem was our manager of the trailer park was named Mr. Coffee, And he would wait several times, park his car right in front of our house and wait until my mom and I and my dad and whoever and until we got back home. And my mom and dad were so patient with me. Oh, they were so mad. I broke so many windows and had so much bad fun. It was bad. And you know what? My mom and dad were very patient with me. I was very disobedient at times. But I turned out okay. Please say amen. <laughs> you turned out pretty good too. Did you know that? Do you realize where you are? Huh? Amen. You know where you are right now? You're in a good, solid Baptist church. You know what you're doing? You're putting up with preaching. And you know how hard that is for the world to do? Come on. You realize how much God has blessed you by just giving you the, 
the understanding that you just, you're here tonight. It's Sunday night. You come on Wednesday. You come Sunday morning and you read your Bible and you pray and you love the Lord. You are obeying God. And it's a wonderful thing. And, and, and there's so many people out there that are deliberately on purpose. I mean, absolutely in your face, disobeying God. That is a dangerous thing to do. Knowing what God wants us to do and deliberately on purpose, just disregarding it. Look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter number uh, uh, 15. Now, this example is extreme. It's very extreme. Then there's one more example I want to show you. And then I'm going to go to a couple examples real quickly that are, that are examples of people who, who obeyed. But look at poor Saul. What an incredible buffoon. This guy was absolutely bent on disobeying God. And he died early. Look at uh, uh, the prophet Samuel saying to him, verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Do, do you know what that means? The, the language is a little bit old-fashioned, but I want to say, when, the, when, when Samuel asked him, I'm going to paraphrase this, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and in sacrifices as in obeying Him? Does, does God have just as much delight in your burnt offerings and sacrifices as if you would just obey him? Does God have that same delight? The answer is no. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about your, your sacrifices compared to your obedience. Because you can obey God and you can you cannot have many sacrifices, right? Sacrifice is a is a voluntary thing, is that right? But you can sacrifice a whole lot of things and be just as wicked and disobedient as the day is long. You can really, you can really have that. Uh, we used to call it the glaze, the gospel glaze. Some folks are outwardly religious, you know, even in, in different Baptist circles and Christian circles. doesn't matter what church every you know about. doesn't matter. There's Christians that act like they obey God, but really they're disobedient. And so we don't want to have the outward appearance, but we want to have the obedience. In other words, you can fake it. Look at verse 23 or 22. He says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Right? See that? So obedience to God is better than anything you could do for him just to simply obey him. By the way, he doesn't need your sacrifice, did he? You know, do you think maybe God has everything I don't think he, I mean, he's, he's going to have streets of gold. Can anybody beat that? No, he, he loves you when you sacrifice. He'll accept your sacrifices. But he'd rather have both. He'd rather have your obedience. But if there's one thing he likes better than the other, it's just obedience. Behold, <clears throat> to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Now watch verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Wow. Do you see what, what, what that, that terrible thing of witchcraft is? You look in the Bible. One of the most terrible things was the Egyptian enchantments and, and, and magic and sorcery. The Bible calls it wizards. There were 
wizards in those days. Uh, Saul actually used a witch. The Bible says, I believe in uh, Exodus or Leviticus, suffer not a witch to live. The death penalty was assigned to witches. I, that, that's Old Testament, I know, but it was at one time, that's what God wanted to happen to witches. Are you with me? You understand the severity of the crime of witchcraft? How many understand there's a lot of witchcraft today? There's a lot of satanic influence all over. I've knocked on doors and ran into Wiccans. It's just really scary. Black fingernails, black lipstick, Marilyn Manson type people, black overcoat, black uh, everything, black shoes, black pants, black hair, black eyes, mascara. Yikes, looked like a rock and roll. And boy, that's talk, talk about satanic rituals. They're, that, that rock and roll culture is full of Satanism. And you know what the Bible uh, teaches us? That long hair on men, you know, that lion-like long hair, uh, that, 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 that rebellious spirit. Listen, I've, I, I, I love people. I don't, I don't care. They can come to church in long hair. Don't, don't get me wrong. How, how many understand? We love William. Are you with me? We love William. I don't, I don't think he's uh, all witchcraft and rebellion. And by the way, if you do see him smoke a cigarette out in front of the church, would you kindly just say, well, could you do that someplace else <laughs> after church in a different spot? Uh, but I'm just saying, we, we love him, and he's welcome in this church. So don't get the idea that if somebody has long hair, they can't come to church, Right? But what I'm talking about is the culture. It's a sign of rebellion is what it is. And I was rebellious when I was a teenager. And the first thing happened to you, I got in a big argument with my dad. I started growing my hair really long. It's just part of the rebellious culture. So don't be mad at me. I'm just, I'm just relaying to you what the Bible says about the culture and society. Are you with me? Right? So the Bible does say it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Anybody know who Absalom was? He got caught up <laughs> in, in that culture. <laughs> in an oak tree. Ah, my hair! Anyway, uh, listen, I, I went through that too when I was a teenager. I thought I was really pretty. But you know what got, you know what got that out of my system was the Navy. Yeah, thank God. How would you like your hair done today? <laughs> oh, man, that was a good feeling. It was ugly as all get out, but we all looked the same after he got done with us. No more pretty men. <laughs> all right, enough of that. Rebellion. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord... That he hath also rejected thee from being king. And you know the story about Saul. What was wrong with Saul? He just disobeyed God. I want to warn you as your friend and as your pastor, as your brother. Don't just disobey God and think we can get away with it. Don't disobey him. It's, it's not going to end well. How many thank God he's patient? Don't disobey him. Work at obedience, complete obedience. Remember Zedekiah? Zedekiah was king. Jer Jeremiah was the prophet. And for lack of time, 
I want to tell you what happened to Zedekiah. Jeremiah told him what the Lord had said. And Zedekiah told Jeremiah, is there anything from, is there any word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, well, you're going to kill me if I tell you? He said, no, I won't kill you. What's the word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, King, you stay right here in Jerusalem. And when they come to take over Jerusalem, don't fight them. You go with the Babylonians. Don't put up a fight. You put up a fight, you're going to die. And you got children. You got sons. Jeremiah warned him, just obey God's voice. Obey his word. What did Zedekiah do? He lost all of his sons. He lost his eyesight. He got carried away to Babylon and he died. He died early, before his time, because he simply rejected and disobeyed God. I don't think it's a big joke at all. This world is just absolutely bent on disobeying God's commands. But I'm glad for you and I that he has rewards for you and I who, who obey him. Now, watch this. Let's look uh, at the end of the book of Luke, Luke 24. I want just to bring out one little example. And I think I've made my point really clear tonight that ob obedience is, is the sweetness to God's ears. It's, it, it's something that causes him to open up his 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 wallet, if you will. He it causes him to open up the finances. He he causes him to open up everything. To obey is better than sacrifice. Whatever God wants for you, the key to it is just simple obedience. And here's what happened. Look at Luke chapter 24 and uh, verse 49. Jesus, before he went away, he gave them commandments. Here's what was happening. They didn't know all about it. But because of their simple obedience, great things happened. All right. Chapter number 24, verse 49. And it says, Behold, I, Jesus said this, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lift up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Now watch it. And were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. So did they obey the Lord? They did, and they kept meeting, and they stayed there. They tarried in the city of Jerusalem. Now go to, with me to Acts chapter 1 real quickly, and you're going to see now the, the blessing connected with simple obedience. I don't care what God says. I just care what he said. I, I, I don't care what, what he wants. I just care that he wants it. Uh, we're trying to work our way into a, a relationship with God. Acts chapter 1, look at this now. So, in verse number uh, four, now, look at this. And being assembled together, like, like it says at the end of Luke chapter 24, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait 
for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. So this is an additional information that we find in Acts chapter 1 that he said in Luke chapter 24. He says, this is going to be the baptism that I talked about earlier. Look at verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. So they didn't know everything, did they? They didn't understand everything. Did they have to? I think God's just really happy with us just obeying him. Watch what happened. Verse 8, the promise says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he, was up, uh, as he went up, Two men stood by them in white apparel. I think these were angels. And it says in verse 11, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned they into Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, uh, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. So, Long story short, they went and they stayed in Jerusalem. And guess what happened? As it was their regular routine, they were in an upper room. Everybody know what's about to happen? All of a sudden, they were filled and blessed. And the Holy Ghost came and lighted upon them. And they began to speak with tongues. And they began to change languages where they, they communicated with everybody in the city. And uh, Peter got up to preach. Anybody remember how many people got saved that one day? 3,000. That's, that's, that's just the ones they counted that were added under the church. And they, were, they that gladly received his word were what? Baptized. Why? Did they understand everything? I don't think so. But they obeyed the Lord. Look what happened. This whole entire world was changed overnight. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people had new life. The Renaissance came. People were, were free. I mean, the whole world was changed. And the Word of God coursed throughout all Asia and all over the world. The Word of God spread like it never spread before. People were all over. Jews went everywhere. They scattered. Jerusalem was sacked, but the Christians were everywhere throughout the world. And this, this blessing came to the people who were special and the reason they were special is because they obeyed God. You see it, folks? This miracle of a good life, happiness and joy and, and prosperity and success isn't found in our race. It's not found in our money. It's not found in education. It's not found in physical uh, strength. It's all found in just that simple obedience to God's commands. He's really happy with us if we just work and do what he wants us to do. What a blessing. The day of Pentecost came. The whole world has heard about Jesus and somebody obeyed the Lord and now you and I 
are saved. Aren't you glad you're saved? Now, who was it that gave you the gospel? Who was it that taught you about Jesus? Somebody just obeyed God. It's, it's, a, it's a massive movement throughout life. Now, because I've obeyed the Lord, I get to be a blessing to some people. I get to do something for God. And when my day comes and I'm too old to do anything, I'm going to look back and say, praise God, I'm glad I did. Amen? I'm not going to look, boy, and say, oh, I wish I had. I'm going to look back and say, man, I'm glad I did. There's great reward, just obedience to the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer.